Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but you can call me Rachel. This podcast is the place to learn about really feeling our emotions, mastering the mind, being aware of our energy, and tuning into our own body's intuition for the purpose of living in bliss, freedom, peace, and what I call our godly potential. I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, go to drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you Rachel's nine happiness and healing essentials, as well as my video class, Radical Radiant Growth. And I have an app that will support you on your inner healing journey to express your truest, most radiant self. Go to rachelapp.com for the download links and sign up for a free subscription to the Power Words and Daily Recreators. This episode is sponsored by me, your Mary Kay Independent Beauty Consultant for clinically proven skincare and cosmetics from an amazing company that is leading the beauty industry. Go to marykay.com backslash Dr. Rachel. In today's episode, I'm very excited about this topic. It's called Mindfulness in Motion for Teens and Those Who Guide Them with Phyllis Smith. Phyllis has 35 plus years working in all aspects of broadcast news and corporate media, including the the Today Show in New York, CBS Radio, and WFAA-TV in Dallas, Texas. She is a leader, self-starter, motivator, collaborator, facilitator, and creator. Phyllis became a certified yoga teacher in 2006. Currently, she is the co-founder and CEO of Live Free Yoga, LLC, that offers mindfulness and yoga programs for adolescents and teens, as her passion at this time in her life is to support teens through this pivotal and challenging time by educating them in mindfulness practices to help them develop self-awareness, balance, focus, and self-regulation to foster success throughout their lives. Welcome to the show, Phyllis. Hey, Rachel. So great to connect with you again. I know. You too. As the listeners may or may not know, you were um, connected through eWomen Network, and that's how I I know you originally. But so now it's so great to connect on this great topic that I wish I had known about when I was a teen. (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. That's that's what we hear from everybody and and schools and adults. And it's like, boy, what I would have, I would have been, my life, my teenage years would have been so much different if I had these mindfulness skills. Oh, yeah. Gosh, the the stress that I wouldn't have had to, you know, to perceive life as so stressful and overwhelming. And um, like, I couldn't deal with the unknown and uncertainty that just like tore me up inside and to be free of that at a young age would be so, so great. But so I love what you're doing. Um, Why don't you start with talking about, um, I know how you, you mentioned how you have felt like you've revved your life, you've recreated, enlightened and helping people shift their right vibration. Talk a little bit about that. Well, um, it's in your intro, your introduction to me. It's it's funny. I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking I spent all these three over three decades in media broadcast. I was, you know, did all these things, and here I am doing something entirely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, the opposite of that. Um, and uh, and it's it's funny because you know, I think everything I've ever done, I've um, 
you know, I've, I've always, when I, I was always very career minded and, um, and when I was in the broadcast industry, I was always looking for like the next best thing and, you know, mm-hmm. revving up my life in that way. But, and my enlightenment in that era, arena came from, you know, informing people of news and creating interesting stories. And, and um, you know, uh, and sometimes it was difficult news to report. And sometimes it was interesting learning about uh, different people uh, in a world that I wouldn't be in. For example, I remember when I was a producer on the Today Show and going into this um, the projects of, of this uh, urban city and, you know, interviewing mothers about teenage motherhood mm-hmm. and how everybody in that family was a teenage mother and they had all these people living in this house. And those were always the kind of stories for me that interested me is, is how people survive and how they, you know, uh, what, what, what did they do to find that vibration to get through, you know, their own lives. And, and so, um, but in my heart, I've always been somebody, I've always been a very physically conscious, uh, healthy, you know, always looking to sort of better my, my physical health. And then uh, when I became, uh, started, uh, was introduced to yoga back in, you know, early 2000s, um, I started realizing that it's not just the physicality, it's also really stilling your mind and being able to be present. Cause like you, I have, I'm a type A personality, you know, I'm always, like I said, looking for sort of the next best thing. And mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to still my mind and be present. Cause I'm always thinking what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when I, and so I loved yoga so much because of what it did for me that you know, again, you know, I'm always like the next best thing, type A, you know, very, you know, uh, um, high energy overachiever. So I'm like, okay, I'll become a yoga teacher. So (laughs) I did that in 2006, as you said, um, again, you know, really, um, you know, revving up my life, um, and became enlightened in a different way and started to do more personal development. And because yoga, yoga is a mindfulness practice. And essentially that means you're, you're really going inward. Whereas my, the rest of my world was always outward in the broadcast media. So when I started to really go inward and learning how to manage my own anxiety and all that, then I'm realizing the impact it had on me. And I'm, I'm at this point now that when I don't practice yoga or mindfulness in one way or another, which could include breathing, you know, just conscious breathing or conscious walking or conscious eating, you know, uh, when I don't, I can see what happens to me. I, I, it sort of takes me to that balance point because if I don't, then I get anxious or I can't sleep as well. And, Mm -hmm. and I start worrying about everything. And, and so even though I got my, my, uh, my, my yoga certification in 2006, my teacher certification, I really was continuing to work full time. So I never really got to blossom in that area. And, 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 um, and so, and then, you know, after I left broadcast, I worked for eWomen Network and running their uh, media department or overseeing their media department and, Still doing video, but on a corporate level and very high energy, lots of work to be done. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, but, um, and it's funny because kind of soon after I got a job there, 
I thought I, you know, my thought was, you know, I've been in media my whole life, but there's something missing in me. There's something that is not speaking to me. I'm good at it. I have a variety of skills that most people don't have because I've done TV, radio, I'm a writer. I do, I mean, I do everything across the board. I can do news, I can do long form, short form. So I could do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there was something missing in my heart. It's like there's something missing. And so I thought, okay, what do I really love? I know I want to be in my own business. And I think that's what eWomen Network did for me mm-hmm. is it, it, I've suddenly introduced to all amazing women who, you know, left their corporate world and, or whatever they were doing and just decided that they wanted to be in their own business, be their own boss impact people in a different way as well as feeling this you know getting this fulfillment this personal fulfillment so I'm interviewing all these people about being an entrepreneur and I'm like wait a minute what about me I could do this too I, you know <laughs> of course so I, uh, yeah so I, I thought it was going to be in media because in again radio mm. tv everything I thought that's what I should do but I don't feel it it's not mm. in my heart and I thought what do I really love so I started uh, and I became, uh, this was four years ago, I decided, okay, I'll become a health coach because I'm, you know, a health fanatic. So I did that. And it's, you know, I got that through uh, ACE, um, American mm-hmm. Council on Exercise. It's really an online program. And I did that. And I had really seriously one client. And I'm still working at eWomen at this point. And yeah. it was this woman, this, you know, a middle-aged woman. And, um, and, you know, every time I would go, you know, it was a private client, I would go to visit with her. She's like, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And I'm like, you know what? Adults suck. (laughs) 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 Excuse me. I know that sounds terrible. Sorry, everybody. But for me, purpose, for me and what I want to do and the impact I want to make, it was very, I feel like adults are very set in their ways. Yeah. And that's, and, and if they're set in their ways, okay, then they're set in their ways. But it became more of a, yeah, just kind of a disappointment. And again, feeling like, all right, there's something missing. So then mm-hmm. I started thinking, my parents were both teachers. I love kids. I have two young adults of my own, raised them. Mm-hmm. And um, my kids both suffered from anxiety and, and depression. And, um, and, and I just thought, you know, I love, I just love youth. And in particular, my discovery was that I really thought that I liked the idea of working with teens. And it started... Uh, the, where I, I'm not going to go into how, but I met the, uh, head of the athletic, uh, department for the entire Dallas school district. So Mm -hmm. he ran all the athletics, right? Not the PE, phys ed side, Mm -hmm. but athletics. And so under my initial, my, my initial, initial, uh, uh, business name was rejuvenized because I was incorporating yoga and, and that aspect with health and exercise. And so, um, I met him and he thought he was, he was fair. He was new to the district, although veteran, uh, you know, in the, in the industry of what he did. And he thought, Oh, he wanted to do something different because he came in fresh and um, he loved the idea. So I started really working with athletes. 
And I thought, and so that was how it all started. So I had developed this yoga for teen athletes program. Mm. Well, I knew I, if I was just me, I could only reach, you know, how many schools can I do? So I can't really expand. So I put the word out. And so here I'm revving up again, you know, and, and, you know, creating this by, you know, my own higher level of vibration, as you say, and tapping into, I don't, you know, I want bigger and, and more, and I want to reach more kids and seeing the impact I was having just, you know, with, with these kids. Um, and so I put the word out through yoga studios. I'm looking for yoga teachers who have a passion for working with kids, mm, particularly cool. this age group. So somebody responded who had, is a full-time yoga teacher for the last, well, back then it was like 12 years, um, have worked a lot with youth, and that is her passion. Never had children of her own. So in her mind, you know, working with kids, this was her way of kind of, in, as she says, in this lifetime, you know, this is, this is my way of having, you know, reaching and, and making mm-hmm. a difference in kids' lives. And so we then eventually, you know, she worked with me in the, initially, and then we just decided, you know, we have, in terms of a business, perfect partnership. She's really, you know, the kind of yoga and, and content. And I, because of thanks to eWomen, I've developed a lot of these business skills in marketing and sales and all that. So we had a perfect match. And so we formed Live Free Yoga, which happened to be a name I, I had from years ago when I first became a yoga teacher and just never used it Mm. and so it was still available livefreeyoga.com and um and we formulated this llc and we've been in business for the last three and a half years and so that's grown from athletes and now this just this past week we started um which was our dream all along is the athletes was kind of the back way in we've always wanted to reach the main the mainstream uh, youth and be in, in part of the PE curriculum. And oh. so after many years of, of nurturing relationships in the district and particularly the head of the PE department of for the entire Dallas school district, which by the way, Dallas is the 14th largest school district in the country and second okay. in Texas. Um, she finally bit and, after months of sort of negotiating and working it all out, we finally started and we are in, I think it's like 15 or 16 PE classes doing yoga and mindfulness and health classes doing strictly mindfulness uh, awesome. and not yoga. So that all started last week. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Congratulations. How thank exciting. You, you. Yeah. It's so exciting. Oh, that's going to make an awesome difference in the the teens you touch. I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you. So speak now to mindfulness for teens. So I know you kind of talk about what it is and what it isn't. Can you Mm -hmm. expand on that? Absolutely. So overall, what mindfulness is, I I guess the definition that most people in the mindfulness industry, and it's really become like an industry now, Mm -hmm. It's grown to, you know, so much now, so many people and so many organizations. And there's so many that are out there now developing mindfulness programs. But the father, so to speak, of mindfulness is John Kabat-Zinn. And his definition is the mindfulness is the ability to truly see and know the mind 
It develops self-awareness to enhance clarity, strength, and skills. And um, really, he says mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, without judgment. Mm -hmm. And so really, that is it. Mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, without judgment. And that's... um, he, he started sort of mindfulness back in the 70s, late 70s, um, at University of Massachusetts, where he was really using mindfulness to help people overcome pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, now that's sort of the basic and sort of the understood, this is what most people see as mindfulness. But really since then and through lots of reading that I've done and learning, you know, you can add without judgment, with curiosity and compassion, right? So that it's it's not just not judging; it's it's really an awareness of your of everything. It's it's truly being awake, okay? Mm-hmm. And where what it isn't, what mindfulness isn't, it's not it's not a calming tool. It's not. Um, a tool to disengage. In fact, it's very much about engagement, but it's engaging in what's happening at the present moment. And so it sounds like, okay, I can be present, but our mind is constantly in motion. And oftentimes people will think, okay, so mindfulness is is not thinking, is making ourselves not think. But in fact, it's the opposite. It's allowing our mind to think, allowing the thoughts to come. What mindfulness does at the end of the day, and this is about, and it takes practice, just like mm-hmm. like exercise, anything yeah. you do, it takes practice. So what mindfulness actually does uh, after you've practiced is that it allows the thoughts to come. You're aware of the thoughts very much aware of the thoughts, but then you're able to see those thoughts leave and let go. Mm-hmm. And so when we start fighting the thoughts, they, they come even stronger. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the key is to allow those thoughts to go. And there's various techniques. I know for me, I'm practicing it all the time because I have a monkey brain. I mean, my, I'm definitely, if I were diagnosed back in the day, I'd be ADHD. I mean, <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. But what I do is when I find myself not being present, so first you have to recognize you're not present. Mm-hmm, the right. next thing is I'm aware of the thoughts that are coming into my head. And I then, now sometimes I'll categorize it. Like, for example, you know, if I'm... I might be thinking about something and I find myself judging. Now that could be judging a person. It could be judging an experience. It could be in one way or another. And then I'll say, oh, and I'll call it, I'll call myself on it. I'll say judgment, judgment. And then I will come back to my breath. And the breath is always your anchor. It's always your anchor and it's always there. But um, <clears throat> so that's, so, so that it's kind of, it's really identifying, maybe you're categorizing the thought, but once you just are aware that you're thinking of something, only then can you let it go. Mm-hmm. So then what is the power of being present? Cause I kind of feel like the more present we practice, the more present we become. And then what, what's in there? So what happens, and I can say from my own personal experience, 
And also what I'm seeing with kids and what kids write, you know, we hand out a survey to them and just mm-hmm. to see what, how it's our programs have impacted them. What really happens when we're present is, and we let go of those thoughts is we don't get attached to our emotions, mm-hmm. the emotions that get connected to those thoughts. And so there's an example, like think of a punching bag. So, you know, those punching bags that you punch and they go all the way to the ground Mm -hmm. And then they pop up again, and then they take a little while for them to, as they rock side to side, to come back to center. Yeah. Well, when you practice mindfulness and being present, you're still going to get knocked maybe to the left and maybe to the right, but it won't take as long for you to come back to your center. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, like in 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 the world of, let's say, adolescents and teens, in that world... And the reason that we pick this particular demographic is they are in this transition, this pivotal time where they can go one way, good, and they can go the other way, bad. Mm -hmm. They could end, you know, and so we're trying to get them clear and knowing on an emotional level, because mindfulness also connects you to your body and where you're feeling emotions, Mm-hmm. is to get them to be aware of what's going on in their body as well. And so, so very specifically for these kids, you know, uh, there's somebody, an author, who wants to describe what it's like to be an adolescent. So I'm going to go there for a minute so you'll okay. understand where I'm coming from. So adolescents, and you have children, and I raised them when they went through this, it is so frightening to them. So imagine, imagine that you walk out of your home every day, you go down the street, and everything is the same. So the house next door is the same, and the next door is the same, and the grocery store is down the corner, and your best friend lives across the street, and all of it's the same. And then all of a sudden, one day you walk out the door, and everything is switched around, and nothing is the same. And the grocery store isn't there and your best friend isn't there. And, and so all of a sudden there's this unknown. You talked earlier about your, your own experience, about, mm-hmm. about how difficult it was for you and that the fear of the unknown. Yeah. So they are in a, in a state of fear, number one. So that's one thing. And being an adolescent also, uh, as you know, your body is changing constantly. Your mm-hmm. mind, the chemicals are changing as you become an adolescent. And as your body changes, that's part of the change. That's the change in your, in your body and understanding that. And, and then you start, in, you know, wanting boyfriends and wanting girlfriends. And now love gets into the picture and mm-hmm. romance gets in the picture. And, um, and, and all of this is happening to your body. At the same time, your brain isn't fully developed yet. So their brain and adolescents, our brains are not developed fully until we're 20, about 25, mid-20s. Mm-hmm. The part of our brain, the reasoning and logic center of our brain is in the frontal lobe. That is the last to develop. So imagine all of these changes, all of these emotions are just flooding these kids, flooding us, but they haven't yet figured out how to reason. And the other thing about being an adolescent as well is that you seek novelty. You love novelty, things that are new. And so if you're not able to reason, that's why so many make stupid decisions. I mean, they just do. They make dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I do did. things that can, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I did too. And, and it could be very dangerous. They could, mm-hmm. you know, do something terrible to themselves or somebody else. And it might not be that, as that severe, but they, they're not thinking they're, because that part of their brain isn't developed. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, 
being, teaching them mindfulness practices. It's teaching them to anchor themselves. So with all of this chaos and all of these wacky thoughts and all of these changes going on in their body and their mind and these chemicals, if teaching them mindfulness is actually developing and, and, and neurons in their brain, so it's making more connections so that they can develop that frontal lobe. But at the same time, it's helping them anchor and come back to a safe place and learn that they have it in themselves to make those choices. And at the end, you know, mindfulness, it's like creating a space. So in this past week, I just, you know, in one of the, my, uh, so we, in the health classes that we're in, we're just doing these 15, they're 15 minute, short 15 minute spurts twice a week um, where we, we teach them one element of mindfulness. And, um, and so you know, I, you know, they, we talk about, you know, the punching, the, the punching bag and what that feels like and, and all that. And, um, and so, you know, these are the kinds of things when, when we teach them, we're teaching them about that space. So the difference between a reaction and a response. So when you react, you're, it's kind of like you don't have control. It's like a doctor checking your reflexes, right? They hit your knee and your knee pops up. Yeah. So that's a reaction where you don't have control. When you practice mindfulness, and mindfulness that could simply be taking a long, deep breath. You're creating this space where they can then be aware of what's going on. And in that moment of, of creating space, they can then make a choice that will be a more positive choice that will serve them and those they're with in a better way. So mm-hmm. it's, it's literally just creating that space. And one breath could make the difference between, you know, a positive choice, a productive choice, and a destructive choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And it is, it's powerful to know that we have the, that choice or that control or that power within us to, to pause and then choose how we respond or you know, instead of the, the automatic reaction that we can kind of decrease that, that, um, the, that reaction time, I suppose. Like, so it doesn't have to be a, a constant trigger for us. We can kind of take the energy away from that and dissolve it over time. Exactly. And it doesn't happen once. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. why it's called the practice. And, and you just, all you can do is introduce these tools. And, you know, and so one day, you know, my feeling is, you don't know who you're reaching. I mean, these kids, we're in inner city schools. And Mm -hmm. when we were, I was uh, one of the uh, practice things, practices or or exercise I was giving them was imagine that you are really, really angry. Uh, somebody upset you really bad and you're really angry. And what would be your first reaction? And two girls in two different classes say, I'd punch them. That mm-hmm. was their first reaction. And so when I was teaching them, explaining to them about creating the space between, you know, the stimulus, the thing that made them angry and their, re- and their, and their response, it enables them to make those choices. I don't know if it reached them, but they have never had anyone tell them that before. Right. And that's, that's my business partner. name is Tita Chambers. You know, that's how we see this. You just don't know who you're impacting. And if it's one kid, 
that one, the ripple effect, that's the other piece of this is the ripple effect. When we start with these kids, you know, they might go home and be in a dysfunctional home. I mean, so much trauma, even, even if they have a, you know, a loving family, it could be in poverty, you know, yeah. when you're working in inner city schools, there could be neglect there could, because let's just say if they're, you know, maybe their parents are gone mm-hmm. um, all the time working to, to bring in money. There's neglect. There's a, a school we were in, uh, one of the schools, and I did this interview. If you, if you go to my website, livefreeyoga.com, uh, there's, an, there's an, a video there, and there's an interview with a, a, a lovely um, high school student, and she's talking about how when she goes home, she goes to school, she goes to work, she comes home, she gets food for her siblings, because I guess her parents aren't home, and after she feeds her siblings, then she does her homework and she goes to bed about two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then they're expected to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. So and be to school by 7.30. <laughs> you what? And be to school by 7.30. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's exactly. it. Yeah. I, that really struck me when I was watching one of the videos on your website was just the kind of how, how, what their expectations are, you know, they're at school all day and then they leave and then have to be to work by this time and then schoolwork. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much for them. And then they have to figure out all the changes and how, you know, that they are going through just being an adolescent. They really Mm -hmm. asked, you know, to be more responsible. And of course, whether, you know, you're, you know, whatever home you go up in, you're going to have more res- expectations and more responsibilities. Right. And that is a given. So adding that to the fold, and then what happens when you become the parent mm-hmm. and you didn't ask for it? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, and, and then there's also another piece that we do in our, that uh, is this trauma-informed um, yoga, um, which is really when we teach it, it becomes, you know, we incorporate sort of elements of that. We've taken training in that. And there, so there's groups out there that train in trauma informed yoga and, and, um, and, and, and that element is teaching, you know, assuming that kids are in trauma. We assume everybody has some kind of trauma. I don't care if you come from a rich home or a poor home, you have some kind of trauma and that trauma could be stress. It could be just in general, lack of control. And so in trauma-informed, particularly in the yoga piece, is where you teach them like on the mat. This is your mat. We do a walk around the mat. We, we, we do yoga in such a way where it's not do this, do that, but it's an invitational language where mm-hmm. I invite you to close your eyes. You know, I invite you to, you know, um, you know, bring, move into a, you know, a particular yoga pose. It's very invitational. So they have choices. And even though they generally will follow along what you're doing, uh, you give them the chance to explore. And, um, and so that's really kind of our one, you know, our method of, of teaching. So it's assuming that everybody has some kind of trauma. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's, I mean, I think that's so powerful for everyone because, we can get so much with ourselves and, uh, you know, I read this book about parenting. It was kind of like, what kind of parent are you? And I realized, even though I wasn't yelling, I was very much a drill sergeant that do this, do this, do this, next, this, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and to be able to feel that for ourselves. 
right. you know, what's next and what's best for me, my body. And exactly. So, and yeah. giving them the choice. Now, sometimes I do have to say, uh, so being in that the hardest that we're realizing, both my partner and I, is that middle school is really tough. Mm-hmm. That's tougher than high school in terms of them, you know, behaving. So you do have to set limits. Yeah. And they want limits. They, they do. They make you think they don't, but they want. And they're <laughs> gonna t- they love testing the waters and all yeah. that. So you do have to. You can't just go in there and say, okay, if you feel like it today. You know, I've done that. And it doesn't work because what they end up doing is just, you know, sitting on their mat. And it's like, okay, I got a choice. I'm not going to do it just to be, you know, be that way, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we always, we look at this too. And this is, you know, through, what I love about this, this what I my transition into this world is is and you probably know this too is I'm constantly learning I'm constantly I have many teachers whether they're authors or or people or I pull things from everywhere that I'm Mm -hmm. learning and we took a a training called asanas uh, for autism and special needs because we thought we were going to be in a school that specializes in kids with ADHD and ADD. So we're like, okay, we got to take a training. So so we took this weekend training. And one of the things she said is when you see a kid misbehaving, kids, it's, it's not about bad behavior. You ask the question, what happened to that child? What happened to that child? Now, it could be that they have they have perfect parents and the parents have done everything they could. So I don't want people to think that every time their kids, you know, misbehaving or made dumb choices, that it's a parent's fault because they're just going to make dumb choices. Right. And, and, you know, but when, before their brain is fully capable of, of knowing what's right and without mindfulness. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you, you know, we've had some really, you know, some difficult kids and, and you, instead of, and we teach our teachers this, so that's another piece of what, of our business is we train yoga teachers and teachers uh, to go out in the schools with us and in and facilities and that way, so we can reach more kids. So we have a training, a week, our own 20 hour weekend training um, where we do that. And so that's what we teach them is, is it's easy for us to go, oh, that, that kid was sassy or that kid, you know, was, um, you know, misbehaved and they were difficult and they were, you know, and I'm joking with you when I say that, you know, yeah, they can be bratty, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm saying those words with, with love, right? Because yeah. I know that they're going to test the waters and, and all that. But we also teach our teachers to remember, think to yourself, what happened to that child? We had one girl once that was really defiant, and the and the this is when we were working with athletes and the coach uh, said really she came down hard on her and they called her grandmother so she was living with her grandmother and her grandmother said to the coach look I can't control her so it's up to you if you can't control her I can't control her and so this she's being raised by a grandmother who can't control her so what do you do with a kid who is testing the waters at that age. Really what she is, she's probably scared to death because nobody's setting any limits, mm-hmm. you know? Thank goodness she's, she was a soccer player and she has a coach who's setting limits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the so, structure. I think yes. structure is so yes. important. Yeah. No question. And a lot of these kids have no structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, well, the other piece that's really interesting is 
our uh, 20 hour training started out with yoga teachers. We wanted to build up, you know, our staffing. And the interesting thing is, uh, is that on the second time we did it, we got uh, people asking questions, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a yoga teacher, I'm a parent. Or I'm, you know, this, so I'm, you know, I'm a youth leader. So since then, the interesting thing is that we've had less yoga teachers and we've had more people who just have a passion to work with these kids. And some of them aren't even working with these kids. I, well, mm-hmm. so for example, we've had, I'm just going to name a few. We've had, we've had a parent, we've had parents Mm-hmm. We have teens and they want to understand how to work with them better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have had a police officer who works with youth, We've had a, a youth leader. Um, yeah. I've had an art teacher and a psychology teacher. Um, this past weekend, the, a couple weekends ago, we had one of our trainings. We had two teachers in there. One is a PE teacher. The other is an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we've had uh, another woman who's an accountant who yeah. wants to become a yoga teacher someday and work with youth, mm-hmm. but not yet, you know, and then we, and then in that same group, we had an OT, you know, an occupational therapist who works with youth and wants to have develop more tools uh, yeah. to help these, help those kids. So it's, it's now become where we're exposing just so many different people to this practice and what ends up happening at, at the end of the workshop is that they become more aware. They learn their own mindfulness techniques and mm-hmm. it sets them off on their own mindfulness practices. Some of them have had them, had their practice, but it enhances what they already have or they start their own mindfulness journey. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, and I think yeah, we don't have to be yoga teachers or, you know, this is just, it's, it is for everybody. And it's, it's something, it's like almost so simple, (laughs) but it's like one of the most powerful things we can do for ourselves and for the people around us. That's so awesome, Phyllis. I love what you're doing. Thank you. I want to keep going, but I know our time is wrapping up here, but so what would be the best way for the listeners to connect with you more? Uh, the best way to connect uh, is you can go through my website, um, livefreeyoga.com, L-I-V-E, freeyoga.com. And um, you can, uh, in fact, that would be a great way. There's like a form there. And if they could just put their name and, uh, you know, fill out that form, and then I'll have you in our system as well. And that would also uh, enable you, if that interests you, um, to get, you know, we, I do a monthly newsletter. I definitely don't send a lot of emails because I don't got the time. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) right now, you know, we're as a, as a bootstrapping company, I'm, you know, my, me and my business partner are doing everything at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I only send out one, uh, a newsletter that, you know, and I have a blog that I write every month so that, you know, and if there's any announcements of any trainings and things like that coming up. So, and if you're interested in a training or we, you know, we do all outreach, so we don't have any, we don't have a studio or anything. Mm -hmm. So wherever you are in the country or the world, well, in the world, you know, sure, that would be fun. But mm-hmm. wherever you are, you know, we could develop a training wherever you are. And you oh, can cool. invite people in, in, your, in your town, your city, and we can do our 20-hour training. And it really is a deep dive into mindfulness and 
uh, and with working with adolescents and teens. We also have a professional development uh, two-hour workshop that we do uh, that is really just for educators. And um, that is, if you're in Texas, that is certified by the state of Texas. So you can get CECs for that. But we'll come anywhere. I love it. Awesome. (laughs) But we can come to you too in Dallas, right? You can. (laughs) If you guys want to take a trip and visit in Dallas, uh, we we have three trainings. If you go to, when you go to my website, our website, Uh, and you go to livefreeyoga.com, click on trainings. When you go there, we've got three trainings coming up this year. And, uh, and that what it is, it's, it's taking us outside of the Dallas area into the Dallas Fort Worth area. And because it's, so vast. This, this, mm-hmm. We are a huge metropolis here. And so we want to get outside of Dallas and really impact more and more kids. So we have them in, out, in the outlying areas as well. Um, so, uh, so, you know, just to, to get outside. But they're all within the Dallas area. So if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you decide you want to come here for any of those, um, absolutely, you can sign up there. And, um, and if, you know, Dallas Fort Worth Airport is in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth. So if you want to okay. go to Fort Worth, you, anyway. So, so that's uh, yeah. We're welcome to come here, or you can in, invite us, and we'll be happy to create a, a workshop cool. out there. That is so awesome! I love it. It is fun to be here with you because you were working with the podcast host through eWomen, and so you helped me get my podcast up and running. And now here you are, my guest, with your own business. And in, in I love that we have this shared. Um, passion and interest in in helping the world with these kind of concepts. So thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Rachel. And it is so great to connect with you in this way. And I, and talking about this stuff reminds me every day that um, I'm doing the right thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder about that after you leave something, you <laughs> yeah. know, and go into something entirely different. And, and I, I'm, I'm so... Uh, happy for you and I'm so proud of you with your own podcast and I saw you from the very beginning so it's great to be on this end and and thank you so much for the invitation you're welcome hey Rev with Rachel listeners if you haven't already done so please hit the subscribe button so you get all of the latest episodes and if you're ready to dive deeper into your own freedom and radiant expression you can get my book radiantly free recreating life and health from the radiance of you from Amazon With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. This is the EWN Podcast Network.